0: Welcome to Dare a New
1: Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan.
0: Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today, I have the great honor to be with Patricia Pat Shevland, who helps those who are grieving the death of a loved one find peace and purpose to achieve long-term healing. Pat is a registered nurse, a Spring Forest Qigong certified trainer, and a certified life coach, whose soul, S-O-U-L, whose sole purpose is to be a healing guide for those who grieve. As a child born into a grieving family, she brings a unique perspective to family grief and is a compassionate and loving support to those who are mourning the death of their loved one. Pat is also a certified funeral celebrant, serving families who choose funeral and celebration of life services outside of a formalized church. She is the Amazon best-selling author of How Do I Survive? Seven Steps to Living After Child Loss. And she lives outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, in a multi-generational home with her family. Well, welcome, Pat. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Nate. It is an honor and a pleasure, for sure.
0: Uh, I just, yeah. So... Um, I'm new to you, and I'm just learning about you, um, and everything that I have read and seen um, is just phenomenal. So I know I spoke about in your bio that you have one book that's an Amazon bestseller, but you also have another book that's called The Morning's Light, um, Morning as an M-O-U-R, Morning's Light, Life After Child Loss. So. So, of course, you know that I lost a child, and that's how this whole podcast came about. But you were born into a family that was grieving from the loss of a child. So can we start from there? Can can you share with us um, the, the beginning, how, how all of this started off for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when I was a little girl, I don't know, probably five or six years old, I happened to go up in the attic, I used to love to go in our attic and look at um, photo books that my mom had. It was kind of my favorite little thing to do to cocoon up there. Mm -hmm. And one time I happened to find this little manila envelope, a little five by seven manila envelope, and I opened it and there were two pictures that were five by seven and they were black and white photos of this baby that didn't look really healthy And I didn't know, and all I could think of in that young brain was, who is this? Yeah, why would my mommy and daddy have these pictures of this? Because he didn't look familiar to me at all. So Mm -hmm. I believe I went to my mother. I don't remember the exact circumstances, or she came to find me to what I was doing. And I asked her who this, and I said, who's this sick-looking baby? Because he Mm -hmm. looks sick. And she told me at that time that it was my brother Greg i had never known i had a brother Mm. and so she shared with me that he had died when he was a baby and that's pretty much all i got out of it Mm. she just said that those pictures were taken after he had passed away Mm. so i felt this connection with this brother now i had three older brothers when all of this happened. But here I had this other one and all I could think of was, wow, what, what would it have been like? His birthday was the day before mine, only he was born six years before me. But all I could think about was, oh, Greg, what would it have been like if you had lived? Wow, you and I would have had the same birthdays. We could have, you know, had our birthday parties together. You know, would you have been like the other brothers or would we have had a different relationship? And so I was a really little girl at that time thinking these pretty intense thoughts. And I found out about, I don't know how I found out, but I remember going to the cemetery, the local cemetery, and riding my little bike, and I found his gravestone, and I would go hang out there a lot, Mm. and just kind of be in that presence, so to speak. But no one in my family ever talked about Greg. His name was not mentioned. Um, It was just a very silent subject and so we really do not talk about it um, until I became
0: an adult in 2012 is when we really started talking about it. Okay so and I want to talk about how that happened that you started talking about that but I want to go back to you being a little kid riding your bicycle to the did you know the cemetery where he was buried or did you just happen to to just be searching and you found it because of your search?
1: I knew that there was a cemetery for the, we have two Catholic parishes in the town where I grew up. So I knew that the cemetery was there. And when I was a really little girl, when I was, well, probably about that age five, my best friend who lived next door was three and he died. So I knew Mm -hmm. he was at that cemetery and it was, I believe, no, I can't say exactly, but I believe I was out there seeing his little picture on his gravestone Because they have Joey's picture there. And then I happened to walk and find um, my brother's gravestone because he's just, you know, maybe
0: 10 yards away from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, amazing, right? So such a young young little heart and a young little mind. Of course, um, you know, I'm thinking definitely came in old soul (laughs) because there's, there's some big stuff going on there. It's such a little mind and heart navigating all of this. So before before 2012 hit, what, not hit, before 2012 and and something happened in 2012, what did you do in, in those years between being five or six years old and finding these pictures and realizing you have a brother, Greg, who had passed away when he was an infant, um, because that's a whole lot of time to go before you get to to two thousand and twelve. Were you still feeling that connection with him? Were you did you visit the cemetery? Were you having a conversation with your your mom or other people about him?
1: Actually, well, his name is Greg, um, I would go to the cemetery frequently. I would ride my little bicycle up there, and I was one of those kids that just hung out at the cemetery i felt a, a comfort there i had mm. um my grandfather was buried there and as i said my next door neighbor who is my best friend joey um, was there and had his little picture on his stone and then mm. greg and so there was but i always had this connection with um like my ancestors that's why i would go up in the attic and look in the picture books or in the photo books It's because I always was drawn to, I always wanted to know more about them. And I always had this connection. So I believe that I just, yeah, I just really had this um, soul connection, old soul connection. Um, And so that was just what I would do is just go up there and hang out at the cemetery because it was comforting for me and I would daydream.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And the daydreams just regular daydreams, or were you daydreaming about what it would be like to be with Greg? You know, what would you guys be doing on your birthdays together, even though he would have been older? W- were you daydream or just regular kid daydreams?
1: It was actually having conversations with him. Mm. Um yes, I would converse with him and just and it was a lot of wondering out loud in my head you know what would it have been like you know would you have been like my other brothers or i have a feeling that you and i would have had a more deeper relationship because look at we were born only a day apart you know Mm -hmm. um there was something there that was very special and i always felt like i didn't really belong in my family and i Mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing but i just i was the only girl i was the youngest in the family i never quite fit in yeah, and, but I felt like he and I would have been like real connected.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love it. Um. So then, from being that little girl, going through your teenage years, and then into your adult years, were you up until two thousand and twelve? Were you con- were you continuing this um connection with Greg? Were you still having the conversations with with him, or was life getting busy and it's you know, it's there, but it's more on the back burner, and I'm just moving forward in my life. How? What was happening then?
1: You know, it did get more on the back burner. I think I just got older, and um, there came a period of time when my dad became ill, like 30 years ago. And I used to still go to the cemetery. I feel like I was the only one that went to the cemetery, and I would always take care of the the grave sites. Um, to make sure. So even as a young adult, I would do that. And I noticed that Greg's stone was sinking into the ground. So I approached Mm. my father. We had never had a conversation about Greg and my father wasn't real well at the time, but Mm. I said, you know, his stone is kind of getting buried underneath there. I'm concerned. And so my dad hired someone to lift up that stone and make it Mm. um, more stable, but I don't, he never went there. He never went there with me. Dad and I never talked about it, just except for that. And then he took the initiative to get the stone placed. But then life, you know, I had a family. I was a nurse. And then I went into corporate. I was a corporate executive for many, many years. And so, um, yeah, life just went on. And so I wasn't, you know, having these conversations with him. But always there. I mean, it yeah. always was that that I knew that I had another brother there.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Okay. So now we're approaching 2012. So then what happens when 2012 comes along?
1: Well, that was like total, my whole life changed (laughs) dramatically. dramatically. Yeah.
0: And Uh, at this time, are you still in corporate America in 2012? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay.
1: So in 2012, it would have been Greg's 60th birthday. Okay. And my mom finally started talking about him. Mm, So here I am in my 50s, she's almost 90 years old, and she started sharing with me what happened back then, and I was being curious, and I I just knew intuitively that she needed to talk about this, that there was some stuff that was buried pretty deep, because she had never been able to deal with it. So I started just asking a lot of questions, and... Through that, we unearthed so much of her guilt and her deep sadness and her anger at things. And so I actually worked with her to open those up, talk about them, allow her to give her feelings air for the first time in 60 years. And we pulled out those pictures. And we both sat there looking at these little black and white photos. And, of course, they were taken after he had died. They were the only two photos she had of him. And someone thought, and I'm thankful that they did, to take these two pictures of him at the mortuary. So he was dressed in a little cute little suit with little, and my mom was able to just caress those pictures And we were able to say, oh, look at the hair that he had. Oh, his eyebrows kind of look like dad. Or, oh, look Mm -hmm. at that cute little suit. And she was able to just be with him and feel his spirit so deeply with me standing beside her. And it was just like a total opening of healing for her that she had Mm -hmm. never been able to do. And by this time, my father had passed um, many years before that. And so that is actually... um, kind of the start of my new journey where I something changed within me. So I'll tell you, um, I had an epiphany at that time. And I was on a plane and I was traveling in my corporate job and going to a corporate office. And I had been reading the book, um, Heaven is for Real. Mm. Someone had given it to me and I thought, oh, I'm going to read that. Now I wasn't like super spiritual at the time or anything. I just always had a very... I knew what my spirituality was and was very solid in it. But I was reading this book because someone had recommended it, and I'd closed the book. And I had closed my eyes for a minute on the plane, and all of a sudden I was jolted, like, almost out of my seat. And it felt like I was struck by lightning. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was having a seizure. Wow. And this voice came through, that said, I was born through you.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And I knew it was Greg. And I just knew it. I just, yeah. I was, wow. It was very powerful. It was very emotional. in the fact that it, it just gave credence to everything that I knew my whole life. But it was not surprising. It was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. And so that was kind of the start of a whole new enlightenment for me, so to speak.
0: Yes. And how amazing that it happens in the place where you can't jump up and throw your arms up in the air and hallelujah or, or be in a, in, a, in a state of complete shock. <laughs> and what is happening? It's just like, oh, my God, I'm in the middle of an airplane with all of these people. So I have to kind of. Maintain this. I mean, I'm just feeling that in my own body, just going. I think I would have jumped up, just going, "Oh my God, it's happening!" And then, like, "Oh my God, what's happening?" (laughs) You know, this is is so much. Oh, I just, I, I love it. I love it so. So, from this, from this jolt of lightning that hits you when you're in the airplane and, and you hear this voice, you know, I, I. How did you say it? I live through you. I,
1: I was born through you. I was
0: born through you. I was born through you. I was born through you. So then that started you down a, a different path. All kinds of different things started happening in your life. And what, what like from that, What I mean, how, how can your life ever be the same? Like how do you even walk off of the airplane knowing that you have to go and do this corporate stuff and I have to just be this person that works in corporate America and get off a plane and go do my corporate meeting work and knowing that I just got hit with this bolt of lightning. What was that experience like?
1: You know, I have to correct myself because I was actually coming home from the corporate job. Oh, thank God. Yes, yes, I correct myself. I wasn't going to it, I was coming home. And well, first of all, when this happened, I opened my eyes and I looked around because I thought, do people think I'm having a seizure? But I really felt my body just going totally out of control and I look around and everybody's just sitting there reading and you know having their snacks and no one's paying any attention to me and I'm thinking wow, wow
0: okay okay
1: so this was just within me when I got off the plane my daughter was waiting for me and I've always been the strong matriarch of the family I'm always very solid and very grounded and I, my kids just always viewed me in that way I got off the plane and I just started sobbing Uh, and we were waiting for my luggage and I just said Brittany you won't believe what just happened to me now we would have never talked about something like that but I was just like crying and tearfully just sharing with her and she just sat and listened no judgment just sat and listened with such total love uh, and it was just so beautiful and and that helped me get my act together (laughs) so I could you know yeah. Um, function because I just needed to share it with someone at that time.
0: Yeah, wow. I and mean, then how old was Brittany at the time when you were telling her?
1: Oh gosh, I'm saying she was probably late 20s.
0: Okay. Yeah. And did, did she have, was she very spiritual? I mean, how did that land on her? Was it like, oh, mom, you're losing it? Or wow, this is so cool. Let's sit down and talk about this more.
1: She actually, um, she has a good sense of spirituality within herself, and she's always been a searcher, you know, like with Mm -hmm. religions and and different things like that. Um, But, no, she just held the space for me, and that's who she is. She's the Mm -hmm. one that quietly holds the space. She's a beautiful empath and holds the space for people. So that's what she did is just held the space and allowed Mm -hmm. me to just pour my soul out, and I was so thankful it was her because I wasn't gonna get judged or I wasn't gonna have people ask me questions that I might not be able to
0: respond to at that point. Right, right. It it reminds me, this is completely off subject, but I love having when these memories just pop back into our heads. And it was probably six years ago, I stood outside and I was just kind of gazing off into nowhere land and my son, um, and and my son, I would um, describe just a typical guy right just to, and he was probably what early 20s I guess just a typical guy and not into spirituality and don't talk to me about God and um, you know like as you know my daughter passed away and doesn't want to hear you know any of the signs that I see and at least at that time mm-hmm. and he said like you look like you're in deep thought what's happening and I said I hate to even say this to you because I think you're going to think that I'm crazy, but I swear I have been in this moment before, but I don't mean standing here on the step. There's something in the sky. I recognize something in the sky and this feeling like a, like a past life, Tommy, and he's just like, Oh, that's cool. I've had that kind of stuff. Do you think it's real? And it was like, whoa. So that opened up a door for us because he wasn't this <laughs> empath quiet one that, that I could say these kinds of things to. But I forgot all about that till you brought this up with your daughter. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, a deeper connection just from having this con- this conversation with you, a deeper connection with my son. This is what I love about life, how we constantly deepen our connections just by having connections with other people. It's so beautiful. Oh, that's so, so
1: beautiful.
0: So beautiful. Love it. Yes, yes. So thank you for being the catalyst in that. I, I totally appreciate that. So now we have to get back on track. I'm sorry. So so that's you nice. you shared this information with Brittany, and then you go home, and then now what's happening, what's happening in your life?
1: Oh, let's see. Okay, so I share the book um, Heaven is for Real with My Mother
0: because okay. she
1: always questioned, like, whether greg she would ever see greg anything like that and so i shared it with her and she read it and she started borrowing it out and got it to my aunt and but she called me and my mom has never been an excited person and she said oh, this is the most beautiful book i am gonna oh. see him again and it just gave her oh. such hope and faith oh. wow wow and we started sharing the book. I bought a bunch of copies of books, and she's like, "I need it to one to go here and I need one to go here and and so there's a whole long story behind that all the synchronicities of all the people that we shared it with um mm. but the, but that was kind of the impetus for me to write that first book that was our um our family's journey, so to speak
0: yeah. wow, so beautiful i just I swear it's just I always see um yeah i I don't think that God is a person, but when i when I think in these terms, it just makes it easier um but I think of him looking like Father time in a white white gown and that long beard and and he's just up there doing these curtsies every time it's just like all of these synchronicities that are happening when you're when you're sharing these books and and the other things that are happening, and it's just God's just up there doing these curtsies going, yes, yes, this is how it's all supposed to be. I'm bringing this all to you. I just love it. So Pat, I know we're going to start running out of time here. I think we've only got maybe three minutes left and I don't want to dive into a a deeper subject because we'll, we'll end up having to cut it off. But, um, your mom, I guess that's what I want to know when you're, when you started sharing the book with your mom and your mom got to that place and she was excited and then got to know that she got to be with, with Greg again, was she living with you at the time or was she in her, in another home? She was actually,
1: she was in another home at the time. She came to live with us a couple of years after that.
0: Okay. So, and this is a place I want to ask you this, but I don't want to get too deep into this. Did she, did she hold the belief that when, when your brother Greg had passed away as an infant, did she hold the belief that once somebody died, like that's just it, you're just you died and and you're done and I'll never see you again. That's just all there is to it. Was was that her belief or was it, she didn't, she didn't feel free to believe differently or um, that's just how you did it back then. I think it's a couple of different things.
1: One, that's just how you did it back then. You didn't talk about it. You just buried it, you
0: know,
1: um, soldier up and take care of it. But the other thing was he was a baby. He was four months old and she, in her Catholicism, she was worried that he was in
0: limbo oh yeah okay okay wow all right so we have a lot to talk about and i just don't want to get into that so i'm going to um we're going to wrap up this this um part one and with your blessings i would love to have you come back so we can continue this conversation and go into part two are you willing to do that with me
1: absolutely i would love to
0: Oh, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much. So um, before we get off the air, I want to let the um, listeners know that you graciously have a link to a free ebook, and that will be on the um, website and in the show notes. So people, if they're driving or walking and they're not able to write it down, um, I have that link, and it will be right there in the show notes. So all you have to do is click that, and you can go in and... um, Read this book, and I've been reading. I have a hard copy, and I've been reading um, this book. And this is the book I believe that that link for that book is How Do I Survive Seven Steps to Living After Child Loss? Correct? I think correct. I'm doing this correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. After a while, I get too many papers and too many notes. It's like, oh, I think I'm doing the right. Yes, which is a fabulous book, which is an absolutely fabulous book. And um, I want to talk about that book and your mom and so many other things. So the link will be in the show notes, how to contact Pat, because obviously she does a lot of work with people that are in the um, going through the grieving process. All of that information will be in the, in the show notes, so we will get that to you for sure. And I suppose if somebody just wanted to send an email right now and didn't have the time to look at a show note, what would be the best email to send a quick note to you, to? <laughs> Whatever I just said, I don't know how that came out. Okay. How can somebody contact you super easy just on the fly?
1: PatShevland at MSN.com.
0: Perfect. And again, that will all be in the show notes, so no worries about that. So, Pat, thank you so much. Um, and we will be back to pick this up. There's so much to get into. And for the listeners, um, please join us in for part two so you get to hear um, Pat's story with her mother and the book and everything else that has taken place. Um, so much gratitude to you and for all the listeners. Beautiful day. Blessings to you. A beautiful week and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye for now.
1: Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.